You are listening to the Brand Architect Podcast, and this is your host, Ani Alexander. Hey, hey there, it's Annie here. Welcome back to The Brand Architect. Thanks a lot for listening. I truly appreciate every single one of you as always. I hope that you're having a nice week so far. Mine has been quiet... Uh, how to say this? Well, I'll say it as it is. Mine has been crazy so far and I almost missed today's episode, uh, airing it on time, I mean. But I'm, I'm going to do that because it's still 10 p.m. So we have two more hours until the day ends. So I'll make sure you get it on time because I usually don't skip my aired episodes they are usually always on time and that's how it's been since two years and I don't want to change it now okay so let's dive into the thing I'm having another interview actually I have loads of interviews already recorded and almost ready for you to come out and I can't wait to present those to you but today We will be covering a really hot topic. Today we will be talking about live streaming. And that is why I have a really uh, special guest, Katya Varbanova, who is also known as Livestream Katya. Uh, She is the founder of Perry 10K, an exclusive mastermind of live streamers. And she is also live stream strategist. I've discovered her online. I watched her live streams. She's really awesome loads of fun Uh, she provides knowledge but at the same time by watching her live streams you have loads of laughs I really uh, like uh, her approach I really like how she has built everything up and today we will be talking about live streaming about what works what doesn't work uh, what's the best way to approach it and since I'm not really into that yet we will be discovering a about how to start and how to move forward with this thing because it seems to be working really really well okay and the last thing uh we had problems with skype so we had to record this with zoom and apparently the sound quality is not the quality i prefer to have usually so i'm i'm really sorry about that okay let's start okay hello there katya i'm very happy to have you over welcome to the podcast Hi, Annie. I'm so excited about this one. The funny thing is that we have something in common. Uh, You're originally from Bulgaria and I lived there for three years. So I really have very nice memories from your country. When did you live there? Was it like... Oh, it was very, very uh, long time ago. It was from from 92 to 95. Yeah. I was um, I was very young at the time. I don't remember much, but yeah, it was a good time. For <laughs> so, um, three years to um, uh, to be so fluent, uh, it's very impressive for sure. Uh, thank you. Well, I mean, they dropped me into a Bulgarian school, and you know, I had to learn it. No one else could speak yeah. to me otherwise. <laughs> so. <laughs> Exactly, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, 
I, I don't even remember how I discovered you online, to be honest, but somehow I came across your videos and then I tracked you down and I came across your um, 10K Perry website. So, uh, I, you know, the first thing I thought about when I thought that I, I should start covering a little bit more about live streaming and all that stuff, because, you know, I'm, I'm not a pro in that. I'm just starting. Uh, you, you were the first person I thought about to, to talk about that. So, um, thanks a lot for coming over once again. And uh, tell me, I mean, I know that your story is very similar to many entrepreneurial stories and you, you sort of, you started with the traditional route of things and went into a normal job and career way. So tell me what happened after that. I mean, what were you doing and how did you end up doing live streaming and, and whatever you're doing right now? Okay, so last year, same, in fact, what's now, June, June, end of June, same, th same time last year, I was working in uh, London uh, in uh, one of the biggest banks in the headquarters there. I was working for the managing director and his team, and I, I actually really enjoyed my time in there. But at the time, I discovered, uh, I discovered a Periscope through... Um, Reality Steve, for anyone, for any American listeners, they know Reality Steve is the guy that spoils the Bachelor and the Bachelorette in the U.S. Like it's one of the, it's like one of the most watched TV shows and he spoils it. And I read his blog a lot and he talked about this to Periscope. So I discovered it, but uh, I was so fascinated with it because um, it was basically a tool that allows you to go live be yourself, have lots of people comment and ask you questions. But at the same time, at the same time, you know, I saw lots of people who were using it to market their products and they were using it to uh, build their sales funnels and to, you know, get people to their website. It was more of a traffic thing. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting to me, but I was still, I was actually scared to do it live. So I just watched for a long time, like for a long time, maybe for mm -hmm. a month, I watched and watched and watched and then one day a lady called Vicky Fitch um I was on our broadcast watching and she was like I think you should go next I was like what do you mean go next I was like well this is one of these things where we just pass the broadcast to each other so I'm gonna pass my broadcast to you and you're gonna go live and I was like <laughs> oh. um and then everyone in the comments was like come on you can do it and everyone kind of guilted me into it <laughs> I was like, okay, okay, okay. So um, I went live and I was so scared. But what happened was everyone was so positive that I came after this, came out after the scope. And I thought, this is actually quite fun. <laughs> and I started doing it every day. Like I literally started doing it every day since that day. And, um, and I was getting quite frustrated that I'm not growing as fast because it's like any other social media, uh, it, you know, it takes time to grow your following. And I was like, yeah. why am I not growing fast? And so I decided to start a community, uh, a community that can uh, focus on uh, working with people to get their first 10,000 followers. Where, mm -hmm. That's where pay comes from. And, uh, and I just wanted to work with loads of people who are on that journey because if we did it together, we can share our followers. We could bring more audience that way. And that way we can all grow together. Right. 
Okay, well, it's it's very interesting because I, it, it's really not, I have to stop you there because what you said is very interesting. Very often we have people who are creating communities to teach them what they have achieved and to sort of you know to, from up above to sort of you know get their knowledge down to the people who want to learn. So your approach was completely different. You didn't position yourself as a guru, so so to speak. Uh, you actually said, okay, come, let's let's get together and do it together and move forward uh, at the same time, which is really nice mm-hmm. approach. Okay, sorry. Yeah. sorry to no, 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 that's exactly what happened. Like I, at the time, I was, I wasn't a, by any mean, a live stream expert. I wasn't, you know, I was only on live stream for a couple of months, so I couldn't really say I was an expert. Or, and I wasn't, I wasn't teaching anything at all. Um, I basically got them together and said, look, if we can all utilize our own audiences, I'm just going to coordinate that. Like, think of me as the coordinator and the community manager. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, not a coach. I'm not a teacher. I'm just a community manager who coordinates the, 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 the daily shows that we do. Like, I was just running the it's – like, it's like, you know, on the bus, I was – you know, I wasn't the driver of the bus. I say this very often. I wasn't the driver of the bus. I was just the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. Any of the members at any time could become the driver of the bus and they could steer me to that direction, which is a very interesting analogy. Um, but I was never the driver. Mm-hmm. I, was the I was the wheel and they just steered me when they were on the, on the driver's seat. Yeah, very and interesting. And every day you had different members who came up with different ideas. They'd come to me, they'd steer me that way. And I'll be like, okay, let's try this. Um, and that's how I explain my role. My role wasn't to, it wasn't to teach them. The purpose of the community wasn't to teach them how to become better scopers. The, te- the, the community was to grow our audiences together. That's what it was. And, um, and that's how, that's, I guess, probably that's why it grew because it had um, such a community-wide purpose. It was mm-hmm. like, it was, it, was, it was created for the benefit of everyone, not for the benefit of me. Like there were a lot of, there are a lot of communities out there who are like, um, you can call them like the community of, of, uh, of person X. Like this is my community. This is the community of person X. While Perry 10K wasn't my community, it was just, it was our community and that's how it grew and that's, that's what it is still. To this mm-hmm. day, that, well, that is still what Perry 10K is. It's our community and I rarely make a decision based on my own ideas, to be honest. Uh, um, yeah. It grew pretty quick. It grew so fast. I was getting overwhelmed. I was getting frustrated because I couldn't handle it with my nine to five. So it came a point where I had to choose whether I quit Perry Tanke or whether I make Perry Tanke into something that can make me uh, make me a living. And um, and I thought, well, what have I got to lose to turn Perry Tanke into a membership? And uh, I just said, I just said to people, hey, I've decided to charge a mon- monthly fee. If you are an existing member, you know, I don't expect you to pay because I am so grateful to you that you have helped me build this. Mm-hmm. However, if you want to contribute, here's the link. And you'll be surprised how many people decided to contribute even though I told them they don't have to. 
And that's when I realized there's something special there. And that's when they started promoting it. And uh, the more they promoted it, the more people came in. And it just grew so quickly within, literally, the day that I announced it, that it was going to be a paid thing, um, that was probably in, like, September. And I handed in my notice at work on the 13th of October, which was pretty much the day that I realized that my bank account has now reached a point where I'm making more than my day job. Uh, So so I was like, okay, I'm making, I'm making this money from my job. I'm making the same money from paying 10K. Now is the time to hand in my notice. Well, it's, it's nice. It's nice you told that because there are many people who preach like, you know, oh, follow your passion, do what you love. And no one actually tells, tells about like the realities of life that, you know, many people have uh, families, many people are paying rent and all that yeah. stuff. So you usually, you know, you're either making this leap of faith or you're the loser who doesn't have the courage to do that. So it's nice that you say that, you know, one has to make like, you know, the realistic decisions and you waited until you got to that point when you could, uh, you know, very quietly do, do your, your change and not really worry about, okay, you know, what do I do now? Because when you're stressed, you can't really do too much for your business. So it's really interesting. Uh, So live streaming is obviously the big thing. And I mean, on this podcast, we usually speak a lot about branding and growing audiences. And I guess live streaming now is like the hottest thing and and the best time to get into it if someone hasn't started yet but then we have so many objections like so many people say they don't feel very comfortable on camera many people say i and i had didn't know this expression but many say that they have a face for radio and all that stuff so um how do you actually overcome? I mean, obviously you don't really feel super comfortable just from day one. It takes a little bit of time, but what are like the tips that one can have in order to make this transition easier? So what made it easier for me was the fact that I didn't have a choice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Remember when I told you, Vicky just said, you have to go like I, and obviously I, I call this like the kick in the butt. And, and obviously, the kicking butt doesn't work for everyone, but it worked for me. Uh, because I have been talking about going on videos since I was 18. I wanted to do YouTube videos, but I was too scared because I was afraid of being on camera. I was afraid that people were going to say, you know, bad stuff about me. Yeah. I, actually, I actually hate my voice. Like, it's one of the... I actually don't like the sound of my voice when I speak. Um, every time I record myself on the phone talking, when I listen it back, I always cringe. So I always thought that if I don't like it, other people are not going to like it either. So the best way to the best way to overcome that, in my eyes, is to make it a must. Like when you when you change the when you change the sentence from "I should be doing video" to "I must do video." then it's a matter of when to do it and not if I should do it. Um, mm. I don't know what you, I don't know if you've ever had anything in life where you were like forced to do something. Um, and because you were forced, you, you actually were like, wow, that wasn't so hard. That yeah. wasn't like, that wasn't so scary. Um, that wasn't so scary. But if you are still scared, here's one thing I say, and this applies to, public speaking, live streaming, um, 
podcasting, even like anything, it applies to anything that involves speaking. You just have to, if you are scared to go on camera because you're worried they're going to say something about you, then um, that is what I call um, an ego issue because Mm -hmm. your ego is telling you that everyone should like you and uh, you don't want to put yourself out there because, well, not everyone's going to like me, so I don't want to do it. And what I do before I go on stage, um, and what, even even I did this on my very first speaking gig, and I had a fantastic first speaking gig because of it, was I told myself this. I said, look, this speaking gig is not about me. It's not about me looking good. It's not about me looking knowledgeable. It's not about me being liked. It's about me giving those people the knowledge they've come and paid for. Like they've paid for this knowledge. I'm here to give them this knowledge. I'm here to teach them. And uh, uh, no one's paying me to, um, to like me. Like they're not paying me to like me. They're there because they want to learn. So same with live streaming. Um, I don't go on live streaming to be liked. I don't go on live streaming to get followers or to get uh, fans. Uh, I do it to... I do it because other people see value in it so why should i care if some like me if some do like some will like you someone and that's the that's the probably the mindset shift that will help anyone who that struggles with anything speaking mm. related that's it it's very simple but why is your ego telling you that why are you scared mm. or Here's another one. I don't have anything to talk about. Well, that's your ego again. You don't have anything to talk about. I'm sure if I called you, you're going to say hello, and I'm going to say hello back, and you're going to have something to tell me. Like, why is it that on video is different than talking? Well, I mean, most probably, I mean, I don't really uh, think that there are many people who who actually uh, want to live stream who haven't been doing something online already. So most probably they already have a blog, they already have a podcast, they already have a website. So it's just a matter about, you know, actually uh, using the same message and the same branding and, and the same uh, goal and taking it uh, uh, into a live streaming platform. So obviously yeah. there are many people who use videos, but they sort of, you know, recorded it in advance and then edited it and had the polished nice version out there, which sort of reduces the risks, but which doesn't give you the engagement and doesn't give you the the real thing which is you know going on here so what are the main differences that one has to be uh, taking into account between just doing a video and doing a live stream video script is number one you can do a script like if you were to if you were to do a youtube video and edit it you can always do a script and just edit the bits out that didn't go out well on live video, if you are reading from a script, it's so obvious. Like it's like you cannot, if you're reading from a script, you cannot hide it. It's just, it's just so amazing how you can notice a difference. So I have noticed some, uh, one of the things I noticed about some celebrities, when you watch them in the movies, they, they always look so like, they always look so confident and so nice and then when I, when I see some of them on Periscope, which I do, um, some of them actually say quite nasty things that they say, oops, I shouldn't have said that. Or, <laughs> or yeah. they, like they kind of, 
their personality comes out. So, you know, if I think if you're authentic with your brand, if you're authentic in your blog post, if you're authentic in your whatever you're doing, then you won't find a problem with the live streaming. So script is one difference. Another difference is comments, okay? On pre-recorded video, obviously, you don't get questions and answers. And when you're on live video, you get lots of comments. And some people find that distracting. Mm-hmm. Other people find it good uh, because uh, you're basically talking about something and then someone's asking a question and you're, like, interrupting your thought. And you're yeah. like, oh, what was I thinking about? So that's another difference. You need to be able to deal with those comments, whether it means that you need to learn to stop your sentence, answer the question and continue your sentence, or it means that you completely ignore the comments, um, which depends on the situation. Sometimes I do both. Sometimes I do one, sometimes I do the other. And then the, the, the final difference is that when people are watching you live, they expect you to engage. Like they expect you to answer these questions. They expect you to mm-hmm. uh, pay them they expect you to greet them and say hello uh nice to see you here thank you so much for watching and like they expect you to do more of the chit chat than Mm -hmm. you would in a video like on a video you need to go straight to the point on live video if you go straight to the point they'll be like well wait a minute what about us can't you see us (laughs) yeah so yeah those are the three big differences pretty much i would say Okay, so there are so many live streaming platforms are there, uh, and there are still more coming out every day. So it's like, you know, it's growing a lot. So someone who's just starting, you know, how is it? It's like, wh- what is your advice? Where do I start? Do I go to Periscope? Do I do Facebook Live? What do I do? I mean, where do I start? If I want to grow my audience, and if I want to gain visibility so people know I exist, and this is what I do, uh, where do I start in, in the first place? So the two biggest platforms that you mentioned already that people usually start with is Periscope and Facebook Live. There's a couple of more as well, which I'll, I'll, I'll share about if you will, if you like. But uh, Absolutely. If, you're just, if you're just like writing with piece of pen and paper, just write these down for now. Periscope, Facebook Live, uh, Busker, which is very new, Blab, B-L-A-B, um, and, uh, and even Snapchat, I would say too. Snapchat as well, because Snapchat is semi-live and it involves 10-second videos, which can be used for storytelling. Um, So two questions I always have for people. First of all, where is your customer? Is your customer more on Twitter or is it on Facebook more? Like Because Periscope is owned by Twitter, Facebook Live is obviously a Facebook product. So first of all, if you're someone who has a Facebook page of like, 20,000 business fans and you have not nothing on Twitter, well, I think it makes a pretty perfect sense that you start with your Facebook, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have already an audience. Now, if you have a massive audience on Twitter and not on Facebook, then it totally makes sense that you do it on Periscope because what Periscope does is Periscope encourages all the people on Twitter who already follow you on Twitter to follow you on Periscope. So if you have like 100,000 followers on Twitter, about 20 to 30,000 of these will just uh, organically migrate to your Periscope account, which is a huge audience to have. So those are the first thing for people who have audiences, big audiences. If you have that, then 
you know, start with whatever you have audiences with. Now, if you don't have audiences, which is what was my scenario last year, like my audience was just my Facebook friends and uh, probably like 50 followers on Twitter. Um, like that was my audience last year. And what I did was uh, I was able to grow my audience because of Periscope. And here's why. Periscope is a community builder. Like Periscope's discoverability is unlimited. Because there is a world map, people can find you. Because there's uh, people that can share your broadcast, the discoverability on the platform is unlimited. Facebook Live, on the other hand, the visibility really and the discoverability is pretty limited to the people that follow you mm -hmm. and some of their friends that if they share, only if they share, like if they share your Facebook Live, then some of their friends will find you too. Um, if you don't have any audience, because you know this, I'm sure you know this, but if you have a very small Facebook page, no matter how great content you put, it's really hard to grow. It's really hard to reach out new people. And even your existing people, only 7% of them see your stuff. And that doesn't even mean they would like or engage on it, which is, which is the sad part. But it's how it is. So if you're brand new and you don't have an audience, go on Periscope because Periscope will help you grow that audience. And once you've grown that audience, then start using Facebook Live because Facebook Live can help you nurture that audience. So Periscope is your community builder, audience builder, brand builder even. And Facebook Live is your brand nurturer, your community nurturer, your audience nurturer. It's, it's where you convert people. You know, on Periscope, they build a no like, and trust, but you don't convert them on Periscope because they can't click links. On Facebook, they can. On Facebook, you can sell to them. On Facebook, you can direct them to whatever you like. So those are the two. That so, so how do you make the transition? How do you actually drive people? Let's say you started with Periscope, you, you got the visibility, you, you grew your audience there, and now you want to start selling stuff to them. How do you uh, actually make them come to your Facebook? So it's, it's pretty much related to, what, to social selling. What you want to do what you want to do on Periscope is you want to give them you want to give them everything, all your best knowledge for free, and give them a call to action to check out whatever it is that you want them to check out. So if your if your if your goal is to increase your Facebook group, then you want to send them to your Facebook group. If your job is to get more website traffic, then your job is to send them to the website. If your job is to, I don't know, get more podcast views, then you want to send them to the podcast to download that. Um, if you want them to read your book, you want to send them to your book. So it's about, it's about giving your best content in a way that wants them to know more. Give your best content, but don't give it all. Just mm -hmm. give some of it and then let them come to you. Like let them come to you and let them ask for more. You know, it's like when it's like, like if there's any, um, I don't, I don't watch Games of Thrones, but I know lots of people do. And, and I've been seeing on my Facebook wall that they're like going crazy and they're like, oh my gosh, I cannot, 
I have to talk about this with someone. I'm so like, I cannot handle this Games of Thrones uh, intensive um, suspense. And um, and that's how live streaming is as well. You know, you wanna you want them to you want them to come back for more. You want okay. them to come back for more. Yeah, I see. So, um, what about the person? I mean, there are certain are there certain personalities who are better for live streaming than the others, or uh, is it personality based type of thing, or it it's a skill that just needs to be learned? So, here's what I've seen from experience. It's it's usually something that can be can be defined by personality types like uh if if you know the myers break things as well you know mm-hmm. all the if you're extroverted if you're an extroverted person you are probably definitely gonna be a natural speaker yeah. like, it's just inevitable and there's gonna be some extroverts people who are very shy as well um and some introverts people who are gonna be amazing speakers like some of the best speakers who are introverts like is like matthew hussey he's 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 one of the biggest introverts out there who is an amazing speaker um but if you're a natural extrovert uh, and if you love being around people then video would just be a very natural thing for you to do um if you're an introvert uh you can still be amazing at live streaming it's not about it's not it's more of a skill than a than a like you know it's more of a skill not necessarily a skill that you can learn because sometimes I, I have to say I have I have had people who uh, approach me and you know they say hey you know you look very confident I want you to help me to become more confident or to speak more um, articulate or to mm. express or to express my emotions better when I speak. And, um, and I have, you know, when I do my assessment and work with them um, and we do a couple of calls, I kind of noticed that I feel like, I feel like there's nothing I can do to help them become better speakers because their natural tone of voice is just low. Like it's just their natural Mm -hmm. tone of voice. Like if someone says to me, Hey, I want to, I want to learn how you do the, how you do your whoop whoops, you know, whoop whoop kind of voices. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I just do whoop whoop. And they're like, and when you ask them to do it, they say like whoop whoop. And they're mm-hmm. like, can you do higher pitch? And they're like, I don't know. I don't, I can't. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe if you found a vocal coach that could mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm. Um, but from experience to make this sh- as short as I can, I feel like, there's some kind of charisma required and charisma doesn't mean like bubbly personality. You can be like JP Sears. You saw, you saw the guy's video yep. uh, about the, yeah, you saw him. He's, he talks like he's almost going to fall asleep, but he's so entertaining and so sarcastic. So it's more of a having a personality and charisma than, than, um, you know, being a good speaker and being bubbly. It's not about being bubbly. People say, oh, I don't want to be bubbly like you. Like, you don't have to be bubbly like me. Just check out J.P. Sears and you'll see. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> he's like, he's like me when I'm asleep. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. So basically, live streaming is just, I mean, the way I'm looking at it is just one piece of the holistic strategy uh, of the holistic, like, you know, content strategy you're having. So you're obviously, live streaming is not the only thing you're doing. So how are you actually sort of, you know, using live streaming as your marketing tool among the rest? Like, you know, how much weight are you putting into that? What role does it play? What What's its, you know, place in the holistic strategy so live streaming is my b- biggest marketing tool uh, w- w- the one thing it helps it uh, it, it actually it, it gives you similar results to what you would get if you were to pay for advertisement mm-hmm. uh, because uh, because it's instant it, the connection is easy to like it's very easy to establish a connection reading a blog post doesn't doesn't necessarily connect you with a person it connects you with the idea yeah. of the whatever written, but it doesn't connect you with the person um so how i use live streaming i use live streaming mainly to direct traffic to my website or to my facebook group so uh i have a, a facebook group that uh, i'm driving a lot of people to uh then what happens is um i also use live streaming to bring a lot of people on my sales funnel so i have loads of free downloadable uh, valuable things that people can download on my website so basically i drive them on the website they sign up to the email list then i have them on my email or then from the email i direct them to the facebook group uh, or from the facebook group i direct them to to the email you know it's just a big it's an intertwined system uh live streaming is my is my biggest traffic generator basically it's helped me it's helped me not only generate over like fifteen thousand fans on many different platforms but it's helped me. Um, it's helped me increase my like my blog. My blog. I started it. You know, well, last year, and I only have like eleven articles on it. Only eleven, and I have twelve thousand views a month on that blog. Twelve thousand, mm-hmm. which is um, which for eleven articles. You know, it's like wow. Uh, even I sometimes look at it and like, how is that possible? Like. How is it possible that I've only done like 12 articles and, and some of them I even I haven't written. They're like written by other members. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I see. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's like the Huffington Post in Harry Tank. <laughs> All the members uh, are writing articles for it. And, uh, but it's, it's just being a great traffic generator and a brand builder. And the final thing that is the brand builder, and that's very relevant for your podcast viewers, like Periscope is – Periscope has made people trust me. Like they trust me. People, people invite me to speak at their events. People hire me. People, people ask me to produce products for them and then they pay for them. Like it has become a, a it has become a, mach, a machine for my brand. Like it, it literally does the job for my brand because all I need to do is just get on Periscope once a day and have 100, MP, 100 plus people watch me live. And then one of these people is either going to hire me or either going to buy something from me or either going to sign up to my list. It's one of those three things. There's I have never had a broadcast where I don't get at least a subscriber or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one subscriber is one more than you had the day before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's nice you mentioned the consistency. So obviously, if you do it once a month, it won't work. So which is yeah. like, you know, what is like the minimum um, 
consistent, uh, you know, how often do you have to do it in order to get the traction? At least for the start, I, I presume you have to do it more than, than later on. Well, funnily, if you asked me that at the beginning, I would have told you it was that you have to every, every day to get the traction. But in reality, it's not about how often you do it. It's about doing it, doing the right topics that people want to tune into and being consistent with it so that people want to listen from you. Um, one of the things I, I actually spoke in my broadcast earlier today was I noticed that we have, we have on Perry Tenge, we have this thing called the share It's like our daily live stream show where our speakers get together and they, um, they talk about one topic, one after another. We share our followers together and uh, we get loads of viewers, like loads. So one of the things that I said I observed is that I always, even though I have like so many followers and even though uh, I've been doing it for so long, if I scope once a week, on a share-a-thon type of broadcast with other people, once a week, if I did it, I would get more viewers than if I was to scope every day on my own. Mm, okay, yeah. So it's the power of the community that you've, you've gained. The power of, like, the best way to grow in Periscope is to get other people to share your scope. And if you have a power, like if you have a power scope, or like I had one broadcast that was shared by two of my friends who had a combined of a hundred thousand followers. And when they shared that, when they shared with their followers, my broadcast exploded, exploded. Like I got like two, three hundred followers just of that broadcast. Mm, yeah, it was just, and it was just crazy. So that's what you need. You need people to share. So what is the best time? Well, maybe the best time is the best time when you have more people that would share your stuff. Um, if, that, if that's, you know, if, if that's once a week, you know, it can be once a week. I know people who broadcast once a week that have massive following, but it's because they're consistent. It's because they have a regular audience that tunes in every week at that mm. time. And the more they tune in, the more they share, and the more they share, the more people that join in. So, okay. Yeah. So, so if if we would like to recap, so do we say that live streaming is something that uh, it's part of your strategy? So it's part of your uh, marketing efforts. Uh, you besides uh, live streaming, you should actually create a really nice network of people who will help you out in the beginning, share your stuff, and uh, you know create this uh, initial crowd that will be watching you, so you don't feel like you know a weirdo who is talking to herself or to the screen. And you have to make sure that your content is in line with what your audience is interested in, so they come back and you are consistent, so they know that you know periodically they will have content to consume and basically you will have to have something on the back end to drive them to be that you know a group yeah. or a mailing list or whatever it is to capture them with the time so anything else i, I forgot to mention be yourself and uh, remember that being on live video is like talking to a real person one of the best like one of the like uh, and I, I get a lot of people who say but it's very weird to just talk at my phone yeah <laughs> Now it's different than talking to a person. I was like, well, you should just imagine that you're talking to a real person and just talk to that one person. 
And it is like that. It is like you're talking to one person and you just need to imagine that you're talking to that one person. Um, and that's how, that's how you will really, really get the most of it. Um, and, uh, and here's the last thing, you know, you got to enjoy it. You have to actually enjoy being there and interacting with people. Um, I know a lot of people who force themselves to like it, but they actually, at the end of it, at the end of it all, they come out and say, well, I actually think my favorite thing in the world is reading and writing, not speaking. I would rather, I would rather be quiet all day and just write. And they're amazing writers. Like I am not the best writer, uh, but I can talk all day. I can, I can waffle. I think, I think, I think we've already established <laughs> that I can talk a lot, um, but I can read a lot. I get tired after 15 minutes of reading. I just get tired. Yeah. So you have to, you have to realize your strength and just play on that. And if you enjoy it, it's going to be much easier. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that is emerging. It's something that not many people have hopped on yet. So I guess it's the best time to start because I have a feeling that eventually that's where you will end up being no matter whether you, you want or not. So um, if you want the business to move forward, if you want your brand to be established and if you want to grow your audiences, then um, that's the way to go. Yep. And doing it the best way that works for you and not the way that everyone else tells you, you know, yeah. don't, don't just go live streaming because everyone's telling you, Oh, you should be doing live streaming. You know, you should be doing live streaming only if you want to do live streaming. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you, there are always people who will tell you the one right thing to do, but yeah. it's, it's never the case. So you have yeah. to decide for yourself. <laughs> have an email list. Well, okay. I, uh, I got my first 60, customers without without a single email list so i i disagree with you <laughs> that yeah. you, do, you must have an email list you know yeah because yeah <laughs> you must have a website you must do this you must do that yeah there is no one single way to do things so i i completely agree with you and one i mean the the trick is just finding what works best for you and uh, because you still have to enjoy the process. So if it feels like a job, you'd rather get a job which pays stable yeah. income instead of, you know, doing something you don't enjoy, but with a nice stable income <laughs> as a result. So. Exactly, exactly. Okay, well, thank you very much for coming over. It was a pleasure talking to you and um, I'll be continuing watching you online. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, I'm sure we covered the basics and even more. So I really hope that you found this interview valuable. Uh, as I already said, I'm really sorry about the quality of the thing. Uh, I'm The other ones are going to be much better for sure. Well, uh, that's what actually worked for Katya. Live streaming was something that worked for Katya. And what worked for me was podcasting. Um, that was like the best approach that I had. Uh, that's what worked best and fastest. Actually, I was um, someone who no one knew about. And just in about a year, this podcast brought me uh, to places where I 
didn't even dream to be at. So the podcast brought me the opportunity to interview really big names and become friends with them eventually. But what's even a priceless and even more important is that I have this privilege of spending at least 45 minutes of your time every week and when I say your it's over 10 to 15,000 people out there and this itself is priceless this is something I wouldn't be able to accomplish without the podcast obviously uh, the benefits of podcasting uh, what it can bring you and all that stuff is something that is a completely different subject and a big one so I will be doing a separate episode just about that but very briefly uh, the reason I'm telling you this in this episode is that very soon in July 30th I'm having a live workshop uh, in London. Uh, so for all the UK listeners out there who are thinking about launching a podcast and don't know where to start, this is the place to start at. So, you know, I would love to see you there. I always love meeting my listeners. So if you're going to be in, on July 30th in London, please check out all the details about the podcast live half day workshop where you're going to learn everything that I've done and that worked for me and also the mistakes to what the mistakes that I've done and you don't have to do yourself so check all the details at anialexander.com backward slash workshop if you're going to be on July 30th in London and want to launch a podcast come over and let's make it happen okay that was it take care keep up the good work and i'll meet you next week mm-hmm.